Hello, my beautiful lab rats. My name is Darian, and welcome to Scientifically Speaking. This podcast will be about science, about research, mental health, and the tea about academia. For today's episode, our guest is a really good friend of mine who is also a former colleague. We talk about her med school journey, and we also talk about toxic lab environments. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. Uh, welcome to my very first episode of my podcast, Scientifically Speaking. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy to say that this is my own podcast. But today we are joined by one of my great friends, Jesse Cox. I love your last name. <laughs> and <laughs> we used to work in the same lab a couple of years ago. You are now a first year medical student at the University of Texas at University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston. You have a master's degree from where again? Missouri State. Hot, sexy. And we used to work in the same lab um, after you got your master's. It's been a long time since we've talked. And I think the last time we even saw each other was in houston you drove up and then we had a little date we went to a couple of gardens and we grabbed ice cream together do you remember that yes yeah i've been wanting to take my mom to the botanical gardens but i have not yet oh i miss it so much the last time i went was with my my current boyfriend and that is something that i've I've been meaning to tell you (laughs) we've been uh dating for almost three months now we we met on tinder wow Nice. Uh, (laughs) I'm happy for you. I want to bring them to the picnic that we talked about with uh, Maria. Yeah. So how is uh, medical school so far? It's been good. It's been this block has been a little bit more stressful. So how our classes work is we do like a scientific block for like eight weeks. Yeah. And then we have one class that runs the whole year just called practice of medicine. And that's more just like how to be a physician, like physical exam skills, interviewing patients, and it's pretty chill. Um, And then the current class I'm in right now is called pathology and host defense. So it's pretty much immunology, pathology, microbiology, um, and histology into one course. Um, And right now we're in the, yeah, right now we're in the microbiology portion of it. So just cramming as many bacteria, viruses, fungi, and parasites in my head as I can. I remember like microbiology was one of my favorite classes in undergrad. I felt like it was it was so rewarding learning everything and like I feel like it's so applicable to a lot of the things to like everyday life. Yeah. 
you were telling me how actually it's it's funny that right before we uh started this podcast i randomly facetimed you and was like hey want to be on my very first episode of my podcast and you are so excited and this is honestly just like an impromptu recording and i was like you have to be on this podcast you have to be the very first person you know the the whole point of this podcast is going to be like us talking about science us talking about research mental health um spilling tea whether it be science or research or just like about our lives and i was like you are the perfect person to to be on this podcast with so i'm very honored that you're here right now <laughs> well thank you it means a lot that you asked me especially your first guest I feel very honored oh i need to start a timer cuz i honestly don't want to go overboard i want to keep this within like 40 40, 45-ish minutes. I'm going to start a timer right now. And then I'll keep an eye on this timer. I can assume that, like, we've been talking for, what, three, five minutes? Yeah. Okay, so (laughs) the reason why I was like, Jesse, you're the perfect person to be on this podcast with is because we're both laughing because we know what we want to talk about. And for everyone who's listening, you're like, what are we laughing about? Like, oh, my God, we want to know. Um, I think what really brought me and Jesse together, like why we bonded so well and what, um, what's the nicest way to say this? How fun <laughs> our, our previous lab was. I mean, okay. It was fun. It was fun. Like it was it definitely was the research is fun, but I think we can both agree that the management was not. Yeah. It's not. It best. was not the best. I will say, though, out of all the labs I've worked in, this, these are my favorite group of coworkers. So yes. if you could have fixed the management, <laughs> we would have had a great lab. <laughs> but before I talk about our research experience, can you talk about um, your very first, I guess, lab that you're in? No, not the first lab. Um, your master's, I guess. Is that yeah. the right thing to say? Your master's lab? <laughs> the the yeah. lab that you're in for your master's? Yeah. So I started that one. I was actually in two labs at the time when I started that one. Um, I've been always interested in cardiology. So I started in a research lab that was focusing more on like the cardiology aspect for uh, what I was planning on doing my master's with. And then for my honors college at Missouri State, like we had to do like honors credit with like research with one of the classes we were currently in Mm -hmm. and lined up with my lab that I ended up getting my master's in that was focusing more on neuroscience. And So I was working in both labs at the time and I could tell like the neuroscience lab. I really liked the professor. Um, He's by far my favorite professor. Um, It was like very well funded. It was an NIH grant. It was more, we had more lab space. Yeah, it was a lot better. So anyway, I worked for both labs in one semester and then I finally talked to the, my master's PI about switching over and being there full time. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. And I just remember remember being so, so excited. Like, I mean, I was in tears. I was so excited to be in this lab because I remember that was my sophomore year into my sophomore year when I joined that lab. And he was my first professor at Missouri State. And in the beginning of lecture, if we got there early, he would always talk about his research. And I just remember being a ridiculously annoying freshman (laughs) and so excited about this research. I don't think it's annoying. I think it's good that you're like showing how like interested you are in his research. I think from a PI's perspective, I want that student in my lab. Exactly what was what his research was about? It was pretty much all oral facial pain. Um, 
And so mine was over temper mandibular joint disorder is what my master's was over. Girl, I had um, I have so a bunch no of idea what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> like TMJ. You've heard of TMJ, right? Like gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was like over lockjaw. Um, and we had like different what was really cool about our lab was like we had different components of it. Like we had a chemistry lab within our lab, we had a micro lab within our lab, we had a cell and immunohistochemistry, mm. and then like just data. Like we had a massive, massive lab space. Like what we were at, at our lab, we worked together. Like that whole room would have been just our lab plus another like two rooms that size. Oh, um, and for those that don't know our yeah, lab, was, like our whole, what you're saying is like half of that, our floor would be yeah. your lab. Oh, whole, okay. That's, that's big. That entire floor. Yeah. Would have been our, our entire lab space would have been just our lab instead of sharing it with the labs that we shared it with. Um, so it was really cool. Like it was such an experience. And honestly, once I went to other labs i was like wow i had it like the setup the environment was really nice there so pretty much i worked there and then i became really good even friends with my pi we became super close to each other i actually went to his church um for christmas eve mass um, i remember you telling me that which blew my mind i was like okay you guys are, are really really close yeah, we were super close. And then I ended up, he ended up having some health issues, went and visited him, him in the hospital, like super, super tight. Yeah. And I applied to med school once and he wrote my letter of recommendation, obviously. And he was talking about how good of a letter of recommendation he wrote. It was like five to six pages, which wow. I'm like, I haven't, I haven't written any letter of recommendations for anyone, but I feel like that's excessive. I'm thinking and, if single space, if it's single space, that's yeah. impressive. Double space, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, <laughs> but like we had such a good relationship throughout my first two years. And then yeah. we started, like I was working on my research and the research data was just like not showing anything significant. Like literally everything, everything stained, everything we cultured, everything was yeah, just it's... insignificant. Eliza's amino history, everything was insignificant. And it was frustrating for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the important points that you need to learn early on is that just because research is failing doesn't mean you're failing at research. Um, Definitely. it's very two separate, two separate things. Hands down. And if anything, it teaches yeah. you how to get back up. Yeah, exactly. But PIs like to clump them, make them feel clumped together. Like you're doing something wrong or at least something did. And Ooh, yep. so you're telling me, <laughs> <laughs> you already know, <laughs> It's like we're, we're we're building this up. We're building this up, but I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, and that that was the road. This lab was headed down as well. Was no data was working. None of my experiments were working. It simply like my entire thesis story was that what we did for three and a half years was not significant. And I remember. Hello, everyone. I apologize, but my friend kindly asked me to remove this section of the podcast out because honestly, too much tea was spilled. I really wish I could keep it in, but I don't want her career to be ruined. So we're resuming right now. Okay. I I remember you telling me the story, I think within a week of you working in our lab. And my jaw was just like, are you serious? I'm presenting my thesis in one Girl. day. I'm probably not going to go, not going to go somewhere else right now. now. This this is probably a dumb question, but the next day when you presented, did you think about what happened the day before? Like, did that affect you and how you presented your data? So what I ended up doing, like for your thesis committee, you have like three 
professors on there. One is your PI and then two right. or two others. And I had a really good relationship with one of the other professors. And so I went to him and just was like, listen, this is what's happened. I don't know if I'm going to be able to like successfully in my thesis. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if I should even like present. And he was like, go ahead and present. And like, just really calmed me down. And he's like, you present, you do That's your good. research. And he's like, the questions, I will make sure that any question I ask, you know, the answer to, so you don't get stumbled. Oh out. my gosh. Um, yes. He, he came in, <laughs> he came in clutch for me. He came through for me. So then whenever I was presenting, my parents were there and you know how close I am with my mom. Right. Um, and okay. just so to just- backtrack, um, I will never forget when it was your mom's birthday, she was turning, I don't remember the number, let's 60. say, let's say 30, 30. Okay. And- it was 60, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you wrote 60 things I like about you. It, it was like at least five pages handwritten. But anyway, yes, your mom was at, he, at your defense. Yes, she's my bestie, obviously. So I just looked at her the whole time. And then we get done. And he asked me questions. And then like questions I didn't know, he like helped me answer, like was not trying to like, throw me under the bus. And then That's good. we get done. I leave, the ro- I leave the room. They like talk about if I defended my thesis successfully or not. I come back in and he's like yeah you defend it successfully you're good um and then it was just him and I left in the room and I was like I need a witness and here from now on like um and you know That's my new tactic about boys smart reporting. on your part and yeah this is where, this is where <laughs> that tactic yeah. where that tactic comes about because I really had it oh um, my gosh and he was like he's like I'm so impressed by your presentation you did such a great job like I am so pleased by it and then I was going to apply to med school again. I did not get in med school. I moved down to Texas. We know the story. Uh, and <laughs> I was going to apply to med school again. And then like a week later, out of nowhere, I hadn't emailed him asking for a letter. I hadn't emailed. I haven't reached out to him. Nothing. I left the lab after I defended my thesis. And he sent me right. a page long email about how he will not be able to write me a letter recommendation. He would not recommend me for med school. Um, and I all remember kinds of this. Stuff. Oh no! And so no, no, I don't think the congratulations was genuine at all. <laughs> oh no! I'm sorry, Jesse, <laughs> my beautiful Cox. <laughs> I remember you telling me all of this um, during your first week um, in lab, and I remember interviewing you. And after we interviewed, I checked in with our PI and gave them my thoughts about you and obviously said like great things about you and I think because you did that you did that with a PI too which I really appreciated yes yeah and you said you said said great things about the PI too you really set me up for success (laughs) (laughs) well I okay I at the time um I I felt bad telling the full honest truth about the PI and a part of me Actually, a huge part of me knew that we would work very, very well together. So I was being a little selfish there. I think because I worked in the lab for so long at that point, my opinion about you weighed more than other people in the lab. And so I think once I said great things about you to the PI, we hired you like immediately. So you were hired to be our research coordinator. You know, after you were hired, I I gave you some warning signs about the lab. And I think that's when you started opening up about your previous lab experience. I guess how long did it take for you to realize something's a little off about this lab? (laughs) It was the first day you were doing a lab presentation. 
Oh my god, yes. Oh, okay. You were doing a lab presentation Ooh, at 8 a.m. I remember. <laughs> it, oh and my god. And I texted gosh. my mom during it, and I was like, if she ever talks to me the way that she talked to Darian, I am out of here. <laughs> I remember. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I guess to, to backtrack, RPI has very high expectations not for only for like everyone in the lab but like she has high expectations for herself and I think because I worked there the longest I was treated like the I guess the oldest child and so there are a lot of high expectations you know placed on me on top of that we're at like a very prestigious institution and um, I'm giving lab meeting and note that there are only I think at this point three or four people in lab there's me, you, postdoc, lab manager, PI. It was just us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because postdoc was already there, right? When you mm-hmm. started. Yes, yes, yes. Postdoc yeah. trained you. Me and postdoc, well, lab manager too, trained you. Mm-hmm. But the, your first day in lab was my my lab meeting. And I gave lab meeting like once a month. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, <laughs> but our PI really liked to to pick on me and there's a difference between like picking on me and like picking on someone and like you know sending them constructive criticism but it was just full-on like giving me like condescending remarks and all that and I think it was in the middle of this presentation when I was just kind of fed up with you know her her attitude towards me and I think I was being a little petty and I gave some attitude back and that only made the situation worse and I remember just arguing back and that was honestly my first time ever giving her an attitude back. And it just, it was unfortunate that that was your first day. And we had a a one-on-one talk in her office. Her whole story was, you know, Darian, if uh, in the future, if, if anyone gives you constructive criticism, like you have to handle it well. And it's so hard to explain, to tell her like, you know, I can I can handle constructive criticism, but it's the way that you're saying there's a difference between like, hey, I think next time you need to fix this, then your presentation is shit. You're shit. You're a dumb scientist. <laughs> you go to hell. You know, there's, there's a difference. And you can't be like, you know, you can't tell me to go to hell. Marion, you need to accept constructive criticism better. And yeah. that's obviously uh, an exaggerated form. But every time I tell. I um, mean. <laughs> every time i tell someone outside of the lab about this experience uh there's always like a a look of just them being hesitant like is it really the pi or are you just being sensitive and yeah. it's frustrating when there's that sense of doubt in them and i remember actually after you left we hired a new postdoc let's call them postdoc number three because i think they actually are <laughs> postdoc number three and i was kind of giving them a heads up like hey this lab is uh beware for these things and they were like maybe you're just being a little sensitive maybe because you're so young you haven't been in so many labs yet you don't know what a toxic lab feels like and i said you know well i i don't you know i'm not gonna win anything if i win this debate five months after i left the lab that postdoc quit because they were like this lab is so toxic. I'm getting out and actually joined industry uh, or left for the industry. And now they work at Pfizer. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's hard to talk about this lab without... Honestly, sounding whiny, I was there mm-hmm. for so, 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 so long because I was kind of trained and learned that that is the typical environment. And I, I guess I didn't really yeah. realize things once you joined. Um, my family members are yeah. just like, Darren, you got to get out. Girl, you in trouble. You got to get out. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, like my PI kept reassuring me that this is how academia feels like. I'm in the right place. And <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be. After I left and when, that, when I looked back at that, that experience, I realized like, oh, my gosh, like it was very abusive. And you know, they always say mm-hmm. when someone is in an abusive relationship, they're not aware that they're in an abusive relationship until they're out of it. And it really is mm-hmm. like that. I remember once you joined, we experienced a lot of things together. I remember one of the things that I hated was being micromanaged. Mm-hmm. And they were constant. Our PI was constantly <laughs> looking over our shoulders over everything. And, you know, I hear a lot of grad students complaining that their PIs are never there. And whenever they need feedback on something, the PI is never there. Well, our former PI is on the opposite side of the spectrum where they're always trying to check in with us, always wanting to know exactly what we're doing. Why aren't we in lab texting us, calling us, slacking us? Darren and I one time got in trouble. We got in trouble for taking too long to go get water. I remember one time. Oh, my. Oh, because. Or spending too long in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, okay, not going to lie. I think that that is a fair thing, too. Well, we got water fairly quickly. Like, it wasn't even five minutes. And 
just the fact that we were both gone at the same time made yeah. her like a little suspicious. And when we came back yeah. together, I think she probably thought that like we were fooling around and we goofed off. Ooh, I think another important thing to talk about is like we were both non-exempt workers, meaning we get paid hourly. We can only work 40 hours a week. Uh, if we work overtime, then we have to get paid overtime. And I think at that point, um, I I was very invested in my project. And so I didn't mind working at least 40 hours a week or at more than 40 hours a week. And I I never clocked in, not clocked in, but I never um, wrote on the timesheet that I worked more than 40 hours. And so even though I worked like 60, 80 hours, I would only get paid 40 hours, in which I didn't mind because, you know, it's like it's research and I was very passionate about it. But you, on the other hand, you live, girl, you lived in Galveston. This girl would drive, would wake up, drive from Galveston to Houston and then drive back. How long is a commute? I want to say like an hour, an hour and a half, like from yeah. your from your apartment to the lab. Yeah. Because you yeah, had to drive. An hour and a half. Oh, especially at eight, eight and five traffic. Like if I would have gone like at different times, it probably would have been like an hour and 15. But yeah, it was normally about an hour and a half. And I also was not invested in a project because I had just started. And right. I was also staying in MCAT. So I was working 40 hours a week, period. That's what I got paid for. That's what I was yep. going to do. <laughs> and so you would wake up from, you know, you would wake up from your apartment, drive to Houston, Park in Smithland's parking lot. You would park in that parking lot, catch the shuttle. The shuttle would take you from that parking lot to the medical center in front of the lab. Mm-hmm. Or not in front of the lab, but mm-hmm. like, you know, a couple feet away. And the shuttle would stop running at what, 5 p.m.? Six. Is it 5 p.m. or 6 p.m.? It's 6. 6 p.m. Oh, yes. I remember. <laughs> it was stop no, running. Very late at- anyway. It would stop running at six. And after um, the shuttle, after the shuttle stopped running, the only way to get back to the parking lot is to catch the metro. But Mm -hmm. walking from lab to the metro was pretty far and kind of unsafe. So a lot of people would try to catch the shuttle before six. And because you need to, because you needed to get back home and study and take uh, your MCAT, your mm-hmm. MCAT class, you had mm-hmm. to catch the shuttle. And plus, you had to leave lab at a good time. You would catch the shuttle before six. And I remember our, our PI was not happy about that because I'm staying late in lab. And so that meant you should stay late, mm-hmm. too. I think our goals are a little bit different. Like I am doing research to get into graduate school you're doing research to get into medical school, but your main priority is the MCAT studying for the MCAT. And so mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. PI would try to manipulate you to stay for you to stay later in lab by saying, Oh, if you stayed later in lab, that'll help you on your MCAT because you're applying your knowledge to some of the experiments. <laughs> and, you know, maybe if, if you want to perform better, you just need to stay in lab later. So, so manipulative. And, One thing that I really admired about you is that we're the complete opposite when it comes to this. Um, I I don't have a backbone, girl. Uh, (laughs) I I'm a I'm a pushover. Like I'm I'm a pushover. I'm a people pleaser. You you set your boundaries and you said no. I am 
going home, I need to cast a shuttle. And she would always try to manipulate you, but you never gave in. Whereas I'm like, mm-hmm. you're right. I will stay here till midnight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I miss, I remember missing the shuttle one time and I'm also to go back from a very small town, less than a thousand people. So Metro is like going to a foreign country for me. Um, <laughs> and I remember one time I missed it and had a coach to Metro and I just called my mom freaking out. And I was like, I am in downtown Houston. I don't know what the freaking Metro is. I think <laughs> I'll just walk. It's only like two miles away. I ended Girl. up walking back to the parking lot one night. Yeah, it was horrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But Wait, most times where, I where was, was I? Why didn't you call me? You're probably working. <laughs> okay. I think maybe. But for the most part, I would catch the, I would always catch the shuttle. I think I missed it once and I was like, this will not be happening again. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So I definitely want to talk about the time. <laughs> I think this was probably three or four months after um, you started working and I only lasted three months there, so it could not. Wait, no, 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 no. I'm thinking of the other research tech. She worked there for six months. You only worked there for three months. Yeah. Um. One day, I think right before I caught the shuttle, I went to go grab coffee with another research tech from another lab. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we grabbed coffee and let's call let's call them person A. Uh, I was grabbing coffee with person A at Starbucks and they invited their cousin, person B, to join coffee, to grab coffee with us. And we're drinking coffee and me and person B were both research techs. And so we were just trading like research tech stories. Uh, I worked in one building and they worked in another building. And so I just kind of wanted to come. We kind of wanted to compare our, our experiences and see what the buildings are like and how our labs are like and whatnot. And I told them that, yeah, uh, I would work overtime, but I didn't mind. And every day uh, to avoid catching the Metro to go to the parking lot, I would catch the shuttle, go to the parking lot, move my car from that parking lot to the garage Mm -hmm. that's attached to our building because that garage opens up um, after five. And so I would do that every day. So catch the shuttle, parking lot, move car from parking lot to garage. And when I told person B that person B was like, oh my gosh, you're that research tech. I was like, what do you mean? You're that research tech that moves his car. Literally like some people in my lab were talking about you and I didn't know it was you. Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. I was like, okay. Like I didn't think too much about it. I think this was, I want to say that this was like on a Thursday. No, no, no. This was like on a Wednesday. And I remember telling you the story and we're like, okay, we're going to be a little evil. What if we told our PI this story, but twisted, twisted some things just, <laughs> just, just, to, just to mess with them. Just tweak up. Just, just, just tweak. tweak, just tweak a little deep, you know, some details. And so every Friday, we had our one-on-one meetings with our PI. I had my mm-hmm. meeting first. And so um, mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're going over all my data. And as usual, they're very like unpleased. They wanted more. <laughs> and then before a meeting ended, they say, oh, also, when you have a chance, fill out that form about um, 
filling out hours online um, because HR wanted us to do that. Because before it used to be on paper. We used to fill out all our hours that we worked on paper, but we're transitioning to computer electronically. And so they said, make sure you uh, do this because HR is wanting to do that. I'm glad that they brought up HR because I'm like, this is a good segue to bring up that story. And so I was like, oh my gosh, speaking of HR, funny story. Uh, I grabbed coffee with person A the other day and they invited person B and we exchanged our research tech stories and they found out that I moved my, my car from the park to the garage. And apparently everyone at the main building of our institution knows that there's a research tech uh, within our department that moves their car and they know that they're working overtime and not getting paid. And apparently HR is on the hunt for the PI that's running that lab because they're just kind of shocked that they're even letting someone do that. But anyway, it's whatever. Uh, nice meeting with you. i see you on Monday. And they were so frazzled. So then we sat down and they tried to, you know, tell me to like hush up, like, okay, why? First, they got mad at me. They said, why would you even say that? And I said, well, it's true. Like, I, I do move my, you know, my, my car from the, from the park to the garage. Well, wh- why would you bring that up? That's so random. Well, because my friend from my other friend, person C, genuinely does care about my, my health. And, like, they want to make sure that I don't walk too far at night. And the metro is kind of a far walk. Well, next time, don't even bring it up. Okay, don't worry. And if if HR questions you, you never did that. Okay, um, just say you don't know. Okay, fine. I will. I won't bring it up. And so we kind of like went through our plans again and again and again until I I reassured them. Don't worry. I will never bring it up again. And so they're happy about that. And so finally, I left their office. I'm going back to my desk. I pass you up, and I remember they were at like the magnetic cabinet adjusting the mirror or not the mirror the magnets and whatnot while you were grabbing your no you had your meeting with them yeah it was after your meeting when they were at the cabinet adjusting like some calendar while we were both kind of packing up and they made a joke they they made a joke yes they made what did they say they said they said oh maybe (laughs) i don't honestly remember it's something like no, no, they, they said maybe maybe we should call you the person who moves his car in our lab as a joke. Uh-huh. Something like uh-huh. that. And then we I don't know how, but we just kind of both knew. <laughs> like you looked at me and you acted brand new and you said, Oh my gosh, you're that person. You're that research tech who moves his car. And then I acted brand new too. What do you mean? And then you're like, my friend, you said something like my friend who is rotating or is a grad yeah. student has heard about the yeah, lab, has heard about that lab. And they've been telling, they've been trying to find out which lab that is so that they don't join it. And they've been telling all their grad student friends. <laughs> and I was like, what, really? And then you're like, yeah. And apparently HR is also trying to find out um, the PI of that lab so that they can talk to them. And then our PI looked at you, looked at me, looked at you, looked at me. Darian, come back to my office. Um, we need to go over your data again. 
And me, I'm so gullible. I'm like, okay. So I grabbed all my paperwork thinking that we'll actually go over the data. We go into their office. And I think at that point, you you left to go catch the shuttle. And then me and PI are sitting down. They're like, okay, you know, moving forward, don't bring that up ever again. If HR asks you, if you move your car, just say, uh, you come in late. And so because you come in late, you have to make up those hours, which I knew was a lie because I came into lab around eight, nine every day to do behavioral studies. And I would leave around midnight, 1 a.m. And so they were trying to gaslight me. I just wanted to be on their good side. And I really didn't want to, I really didn't want to argue with them. And so I said, you know, you're right. Yeah. I'll just say that just to, just to please them. I think they also said that sometimes you take lunch breaks. Oh my, they said time for your lunch breaks. Right. And my lunch breaks are like 30, 40 minutes, really short. And Oh, their other excuse was, well, sometimes you would grab dinner at your desk and you would eat dinner pretty late. Um, And so that's so, you know, you, that time doesn't count part of your 40 hours. And I'm like, I'm already staying late. If I'm going to stay late, mm-hmm. yes, I am going to grab dinner here. And I know mm-hmm. that's not going to count part of my, that's not the point. And yeah. that was, that was so, so frustrating. I definitely want to talk more about this story um, later on, because this is just the tip of the iceberg. But unfortunately, I feel like we are out of time today, but I really do want to bring you on so we can continue talking about this. It's so good catching up with you. Um, all right. What are your future plans, Jesse? What are you planning to do in the next year or two? Uh, pass all my med school classes. Sexy. <laughs> so we cannot wait for you to become a beautiful, smart, fabulous, sexy doctor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and if my followers want to follow you or see what you're up to where can they where can they see you um i guess my instagram would be the best option and it's jesse cox c-o-x regardless of however anyone else wants to spell it (laughs) um 95 oh cool 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 all righty well jesse thank you so much for being on my very first episode of my podcast and hopefully we get to see you again thank you for having me of course of course all righty bye girl hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.